0: Good afternoon fine folks of the interwebs. I am back with a solo sermon for you today and I have some exciting news, some good updates for you. For one, I know that I did not put out an episode last week and that is because I had a cold. It was not El Cumbia del Coronavirus, which is the most incredible song to come out as a result of COVID. There's literally a song called Cumbia del Coronavirus. Um, It's the most incredible thing. You should listen to it right now. Anyways, uh, I promise you the regular cold does still actually exist. It would be really cool if every other illness just suddenly stopped existing because of the Rona, but... Unfortunately, that is not the case, even though many people seem to think it is. So I am good. I was basically fine. I was just inconvenienced. I was bundled up and watching some Supernatural and drinking tea and throwing every herbal remedy I could think of and also just taking some Tylenol at the time. It was really not that awful. The worst part of it was really just staying home from the gym because... I didn't want to give anyone else my ick. I don't think it's right to knowingly get one of my swole brethren sick. (laughs) So, I am actually heading back for the first time today, thank goodness. And I will also say, because people are occasionally surprised that I like Supernatural, I refuse to treat being into Supernatural or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or what have you as some kind of basic bitch thing. Or as a guilty pleasure. I like cheesy pop culture, occult stuff like that sometimes, and it is not my fault that some of you bitches can't understand that TV shows are fiction, and they are not meant to be a documentary level of the reality of the occult. They are TV shows, they are meant as entertainment for a wider audience, and I personally enjoy seeing different interpretations of the same themes that I read about a lot. In a different medium like TV, that is not meant to be an instructional guide, you absolute idiots. I'm sorry. Some of the people in the occult just really shouldn't be in there. And uh, that was the reason for one of my other episodes is not everyone is built to be a witch. Not everyone needs to be. And you see that with stuff like, I can't believe this TV show on the CW isn't a completely comprehensive, accurate representation. Like, are you joking? Honestly, get the fuck over yourselves. If you want accurate representation of the occult, go to a class. You're welcome to do that. I really, I, I really mean this. I do not give a shit about accurate representation at all. And frankly, I don't think it would even be possible because one way that would happen is either it would be so dry so as not to be entertaining or compelling to a larger audience, or it would have to be told through metaphor or like cloaked or watered down in some way sort of sharing the themes through not totally explicit uh metaphors or other ways so as to get the spirit of the craft through without necessarily all of the specifically explicit trappings which you guys also wouldn't like that because it's not specific enough so whatever i think it's actually pretty hilarious that fundamentalist christians got so butthurt about harry potter at the time when ultimately the actual message of the series is extremely christian I don't know how people miss that, probably because they didn't actually read it, uh, just told through, the story, through a story about witches. But the actual central message itself was extremely Christian. And there are other stories that are non-offensive to Christians that actually get across the themes that you'll find in witchcraft and the occult much more. So what I'm saying is use your eyes and stop being a diva. So on a different note, apart from my getting a cold and getting better, which I am definitely better now, I finally have a quality computer. My computer situation has been remedied and replaced. I'm so thrilled about that. And today is actually the last podcast that will be recorded on my phone and not through a formal fancy microphone, which I am very excited about. I've just been a little indecisive over which one to pick, but this will be the last one recorded on my phone. I will be able to actually edit podcast and hopefully videos soon on my computer. For those of you who didn't know, I was having just really annoying issues with my Chromebook not being able to keep up with what I was trying to use it for. I had a Mac that had died on me. And now that is all fixed, so I'm thrilled about that. And I have a new camera as well. I'm shooting on a Canon Rebel, which some of you snobs might not like, but I am relearning how to shoot manually, and I'm reteaching myself the settings and all that good stuff. So I'm very excited. My spooky season is off to a wonderful start, and given that it is September 1st, spooky season is officially here. I did a poll on my Instagram, and some of you people claimed it started in October, meaning I will be conscripting all of you for the gulag very shortly, (laughs) as quickly as possible. I don't know what kind of demon would uh, possess you to give that kind of answer on my Instagram, but any thinking person knows spooky season has already begun. Anyways, to get to the actual focus of the podcast today... Today is going to be a slightly different episode than what I've tended to discuss too much on here, but this is what's been on my mind for the past couple of weeks, actually. My patrons have already heard some of this, so this won't be a surprise for all of you, but this is the week we are going to get into it on Outlaw Preaches. So even if you cannot relate to everything that I'm talking about directly, I think anyone listening can apply what I'm experiencing with kink to something else in their life that might hold similar significance. Because the title of this and much of the content of the episode might, will appear to be about kink. If you look beneath that, kink is just a temporary example of the role that certain pursuits or themes or focuses can play in our lives. It's about how we prioritize what we do in our lives, what we feed, what we give time to, what we let ourselves get good at what proficiency means, and much more. So I've noticed the internet has done a few of many things. One of them is that if we think someone posts constantly about something, that they must be some kind of authority on it, or at the very least, even if we have a bit more common sense than that, we at least think that it is a big part of their daily life, that it has to be something that's very close and important to them. And this is not at all guaranteed to be true. The same way someone who posts uh, about who posts crystal balls and these dreamy goth selfies and Killstar all the time, the same way that doesn't necessarily mean the person knows anything about the occult. Someone who posts selfies and like latex or leather with their floggers and toys, even if they're tasteful, even if they're not super cringy Master Wolf five thousand type posts. That doesn't necessarily mean that they know all that much about kink and it does not necessarily mean it is at all a real part of their real life in any way. This doesn't mean that they have any personal submissives or slaves or anyone in their life who can vouch for them in this arena. And something that I've uh, been chewing on for a while that I find fascinating and also not at all surprising is that not only can we tend to think that others are authoritative because of what or how they post on the internet, we think we are much more knowledgeable than we actually are, because in short, the accessibility of just Googling the answer, searching online, has become such a readily available option that it feels like another appendage to our own mind. There was a study done by psychologists at Yale, I believe, They conducted this study uh, where they ended up referring to this phenomenon as sort of uh, as cognitive prosthesis, which I really (laughs) found to be apt. Now, according to this article that I uh, was reading about this study, it says in nine different experiments with more than a thousand participants, Yale psychologists found that if subjects received information through Internet searches, they rated their own knowledge base as much greater than those who obtained the information through other methods. Uh, Matthew Fisher, a fourth-year PhD student and the lead author of the study, said, it was a, this was a very robust effect replicated time and time again. People who search for information tend to conflate accessible knowledge with their own personal knowledge. For instance, in one experiment... People searched online for a website that answers the question, how does a zipper work? The control group received the same answer that they would have found online, but without searching for it themselves. When later asked how well they understood completely unrelated domains of knowledge, those who searched the internet rated, not related, rated their knowledge substantially greater than those who were only provided text. Prior to the experiment, no such difference existed. Um... And another great quote from this uh, Frank Kyle Keel uh, from the Charles C. and Dorothea Estilley, Professor of Psychology and Linguistics and a senior author of the paper. I'm sorry, that's just a very long and very stuffy sounding name. Yes, I'm laughing at it. No offense. Um, person says the cognitive effects of being in search mode on the internet may be so powerful that people still feel smarter even when their online searches reveal. Nothing, And this was very relevant to uh, the episode that I did about people making everything about trauma and people sort of acting like proximity to therapists or even just like not having a therapist of like following therapists and psychologists on social media, watching things on the internet. It makes them feel like they can speak authoritatively as some kind of expert on it. When in reality, you're following someone online. You did not complete the training. You don't have the knowledge that led people to make the conclusions that they're making, which might have nothing to do with the facts. It might just be someone who is using their training, who's using their technical knowledge to make a political or a cultural point that they want to make and using their PhD or their academic background, whatever it is, As a way to prop themselves up and give themselves clout and give whatever their dumbass or crazy point is legitimacy. So I bring this up because the performative elements of the of the internet has just really been on my mind a lot lately, and especially it is something that I'm trying to distance myself from. And this is, you know, this ties into today's topic a sort of state of the union of uh, myself personally with the theme of kink, which has been part of my life in a major way for a very long time of uh, just viewing things through the lens of professional domination, which, you know, I've done for the past three years or so. Even if much of it was online, it's done a number on me, you know, just on my mind and on me as a person who's always been a lifestyle first. Um, I've said before that I was a lifestyle, which just means it was part of my personal life. I wasn't making money off it well before I decided to take it professionally. And I've decided to take a step back and to continue. I I need to take the time to separate out the effects of sort of viewing things through a professional lens and parsing out what my kink even means to me at my own life at this point. And I do want to say, you know, there are some people who, whether through their own circumstances or their own experience or lack thereof, their lack of experience, they might not really be what I am looking for in a potential personal sub for my day-to-day life. Personal subs, no matter how formal and distant one is or one behaves as a dom, no matter how much distance you kind of create, inevitably you do have a relationship of whatever sort with your personal subs. That is the point. So it's important to have helpful criteria for whatever it is that you're actually looking for while you're on the market for that, as it were. For me personally, I really do need someone who is local to me or who can visit often enough. I do want someone with a surface streak because that's something that just can't actually be taught, in my opinion. It can definitely be refined through training, but you cannot instill it into someone if it isn't already there. And it's very important to me that anyone who wants to be legitimately trained and considered as my personal submissive is sober, or at least very, very close to it. I mean, like a couple of drinks a month. And I don't mean the Los Angeles couple of drinks a month, which is just a euphemism for getting shit-faced on the weekends. Like, I don't, I, I really mean almost never. And I definitely need someone who does not use drugs, like at all. The person would need to be spiritual in their own way. Obviously, I would prefer a pagan or a witch, but, you know, it's I'm open to someone as long as they have their own practice or at least is open to regular meditation if it isn't something that they do already, which from where I'm sitting, it really should be because I don't think that it's really even possible to change who someone is. You kind of, you have to already have a general something to work with, like I was saying with this, uh, the streak for service submission, so so, 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 um, that's not something you can instill. You can kind of see it in someone where it's unformed and they sort of don't really know how to do it perfectly. But just for an example, what I mean by that, of someone who's sort of predisposed to being good at service submission, this is someone who like notices when their dom is running out of tea and goes to make them some more without being asked. This is someone who, kind of anticipates what the dom is going to need next and just does it and this is someone who's very helpful it's probably someone who's good at hosting at parties sometimes they're actually waiters in their day jobs which i find really (laughs) interesting so what was i saying um where was i with that yeah and something else that i really need is a lot of people online are very into this like internet online ds dynamics and that really doesn't do anything for me by itself. I don't enjoy just like giving orders to someone across the country or across the globe um, because it just doesn't feel real to me for the most part. Um, Especially if it starts out from that place of like, I get messages not all the time, but frequently enough of like, can I serve you from Ohio or can I serve you from Germany? And They don't want to do financial service. They just want me to be their dom. And I'm just like, dude, what does that even mean? Like, I tell you to clean your room. (laughs) like what? It's just, it's not for me. There is, you know, one person who has definitely been the exception to that rule. Maybe two. (laughs) I don't want to get myself in trouble here. Um, But there's one person in particular who stands out as someone that has been the exception to that because... We are very, very compatible just as people. We spend a lot of time getting to know each other just on that human level first. We're very close in alignment spiritually. She's incredibly insightful. And over the course of, I feel like maybe a year, I'll have to check, at least several months, the conversations have literally never dried up. Even over like my video, not working with uh, whatever we use for video chats and not being able to see each other in person. Um, it just got to a point where having a DS aspect just seemed unavoidable. And I wasn't going to keep being stubborn about that. But what I'm saying is I don't enjoy just giving orders to someone across the world where I can't watch them fulfill my wishes. And frankly, where they just expect me to care enough about their general state in life Right off the bat, where I like become deeply invested in their well being as their sexy life coach, where I haven't even gotten to know them, I don't know what they're like in real life, and it just seems like a lot <laughs> for not a lot of um, reward, and it's just something that doesn't interest me. I, I guess it just goes back to that. So these are my particular parameters uh, for what I'm interested in as a personal sub, and. Uh, uh, from a personal sub. I'm distracted today. Uh, but my becoming strict about these parameters took a lot of trial and error. Um, for example, my own parameters around substance use in my subs, uh, or as far as other people were concerned. I initially was a little laxer about this because I felt like, okay, maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe this is too controlling um, to expect that of other people and to insist on it. But It just doesn't work for me. It's not something I want in my life. I don't enjoy it. And frankly, me entering into a DS dynamic with me is by definition not an equal opportunity. Opportunity. Like this is no one ever said it would be easy. Not everyone has a chance. Not everyone will make it. And no one is entitled to, to it the same way I'm not entitled to anyone's submission. They're not entitled to my being their dom. I'm not entitled to anyone submitting to me at all. No one is entitled to anyone else. No one is entitled to anyone else's interest. It's something that either happens or it doesn't. And I am at the point where I'm truly more content to not have any consistent personal subs, to not have anyone that I'm training seriously than to try and force it with someone I'm just not compatible with. I've tried it. It's just unpleasant for me and it never works out because I don't actually want to be doing it. So this was a long way of getting around to the fact that there are people who are better off paying for DS. There are people who are better off as clients and that's just facts of the matter. A lot of people don't like that because they feel entitled to (laughs) other people's time and that's just not how it works because there are people who are interested in serving me or other doms for that matter who just don't fit the parameters of what we want in our personal subs like maybe they just live too far away maybe they like to imbibe more often than I personally prefer or maybe they're just not ready for a full-on dynamic and they just want maybe they just want to learn positions maybe they want to learn protocol maybe they want one off sessions here and there and that's fine in these cases having a professional dom that you tribute for her time makes a lot of sense which is you know something that I would like people to be a little more realistic about because there are these people who constantly see like every situation with a professional dom as like the dom being predatory and exploitative and opportunistic and yeah that happens sometimes But I assure you, it is not true 100% of the time. There are people who are much better off as clients and who, frankly, would make terrible personal subs. Like, I would be getting gray hairs trying to deal with some of these people. (laughs) So uh, that's all well and good. Um, I don't see anything necessarily wrong with having people who would not make good personal subs as clients or as more financial-oriented subs. That is great if that works for you, but... I'm saying for me, and why I went to the legs to explain that, uh, hopefully I didn't lose some of you, operating in that way for an extended period of time, the way that I did, changed my lens in a way that I don't especially like, because it does things like it, it makes you consider making concessions and compartmentalizing, because, oh, this person might be good for this, and not that, maybe, da-da-da, like, and you sort of try and see where you could fit them in your life, where they just don't fit. And I don't want to think that way. I don't want to have to make those concessions. I don't want to see things that way anymore. It takes time and energy away from the right people who would actually be a better fit for me and has the effect of my just not prioritizing and centering what really matters to me. And again, as a dom, I don't have to be equal opportunity. (laughs) That's the point. So... This is not a trade-off I'm willing to make anymore, and since people don't actually listen to my disclaimers when I say things like, I'm not against sex work, I'm not against pro-doming, I'm not really going to bother giving you a whole rant of a disclaimer on why this doesn't mean that I'm against any of that shit. I'm obviously not against it, but I'm also not going to take shit, and I'm not going to live my life in a way that just drains me and just sucks for me to prove a point to people who care more about political ideology and social justice points than my well-being to begin with. I'm just not willing to do that. So, I mean, it it gets to be truly draining once it becomes too big a part of your life. At least for me, it was. So this episode was actually spurred on by the latest of many incidences where I just heavily considered deleting my FetLife account. I've been, I've thought about that several times over the past several months. And a quick explanation for those of you who don't know, FetLife was intended to be a kinky Facebook of sorts. Uh, It's a digital congregating place for kinky individuals to converse on discussion boards, to plan events, to share images and, you know, like on other social media and what have you. So, Kind of like the late Great Witch Fox, the interface is extremely outdated and it's pretty clunky to use, but it is what we got. So many kingsters, including myself, for now, still use it. However, what it's being used for has been severely waning in intrigue as far as I'm concerned for a long time now. A bunch of vanilla people have found it and they're trying to treat it like Tinder. That's just really lame and boring to me and even as far as the non-vanilla people go, like this is a, this is a thing in many other subcultures. It isn't just BDSM, but the same questions and the same topics of conversation are constantly repeated and recycled. And so many, so much of the general collective attention goes to blatant attention bait and the same sort of tired, points of conversation that have been rehashed for several years, if you actually been paying attention and it's either that or just straight up nudes and thirst trapping, which I'm bored. I'm not judging you. I'm just bored. So while I understand that newcomers will likely always arrive at the same questions, that's totally fine. That's fair. Uh, People should have those conversations. And I understand that general thirst trapping and quick bait gets attention I'm just bored by it. I find it very tedious. I have nothing against thirst trapping or posting nudes itself. I believe very strongly in free speech and free expression. And if you are going to do it somewhere like Fet Life, that is only for adults, that actually <clears throat> has an age limit of you have to be 18 and up. So there are not, or at least there shouldn't be kids on that website. If you're going to post stuff like that, do it somewhere that It's just an adult audience because I'm actually really not cool with a lot of the blatant, heavily sexual posting on websites and apps like TikTok that have a ton of 12-year-olds on there. I I find that really to be a problem. But uh, anyways, I'm very into free speech, very into free expression, but there comes a point where it's just not artistic and there's no creativity. It's just like, here's my beaver. And looking at that, I just consider that to be time wasted. That's a poor investment of time. I could be reading. I could be listening to podcasts. I could be working on Duolingo or crazy concept here. I could actually just go and talk to women in real life and not just drool over it online and let my social skills go to hell, which a lot of people have. So I was on Life about a week or so ago, and I was poking through new groups hoping and looking for something to pique my interest, but it just hasn't been happening. Um, there are definitely many more uh, more than competent and super strong educators and community members that are out there leading amazing classes, really having a beautiful presence in the community, and I'm not dismissing that. This is not about them at all. This is not knocking anyone. Um, if you want education than people coming out of los angeles i'm happy to say um will definitely uh be able to give you some incredible insight and to be able to help you in that way but i'm not looking for basic education i've been doing this for over six years um i'm interested in people who know the rules enough to break them and that's the thing like i said there there are great people out there but <sighs> This is not so much a critique on the state of kink subculture in its entirety itself. This isn't about me putting down anyone else. It's just about where I'm sitting. This is my state of the union. It's not a state of the union for the entirety of the BDSM subculture. And from where I am sitting, kink has become too big a part of my persona. It's become too large a part of my ego identity. And I don't think it's a good use of my energy. When something completely becomes merged with your identity, with your ego, when you buy in and you totally submerge yourself to it and with it, your ability to look at it from the outside or from any other angle becomes heavily diminished. It no longer becomes about the actual reality of the situation. It becomes about defending the thing because you identify yourself with that thing and I'm not kink. Like I don't want to devote my life to being the kinky person. And I am the same woman that I've always been. I'm not leaving kink at all. Um, What I'm doing is (laughs) actually enjoying where it exists in my life more than I have in a very long time. I'm not leaving it. I'm giving it space to exist organically. And that means not putting it at the center of my life. That means not making it the first thing people associate with me. Or the first thing that I associate with me. It means not fixating over it. And not obsessing over it. And I know that people might not like the word obsession. And it might not feel like it. But when it's everything that surrounds you. When it's like from your home decor. To how you dress. To how you talk. To like every part of your life is related to it somehow. That is obsession. And You know, I I know there is something to be said for obsessing over something as a way to get very well versed and knowledgeable and proficient in it, but it's also a way to get burnt out and to become a cliche and to become a caricature if you stay that way for too long. I think the obsession phase of an interest where it's like all encompassing to your life should probably be temporary. It should balance out into something that is integrated with your life in a healthier way to where you are a three-dimensional person. And frankly, you know, just to, I don't know if stealing is the right word, but to quote someone that I have a lot of respect for um, Griffin at the green man who teaches a lot of their classes there, he talks about this uh, sort of same phenomena with witchcraft where the point is not to be completely overrun and overwhelmed by it, where, You're constantly giving psychic messages to people who didn't ask. You're constantly overcome by the energy and you can't hold down a job. You can't make regular income. Every single thing in your life is about the craft. And he says, and I very much agree with this, the point of it is to be able to function on both sides, as it were, to be able to hold down income and have friends and have a functional life here And then to cross that hedge, you do what you need to get done magically and have it be a good balance so you can achieve what it is you want to achieve. But again, to use his example, uh, your craft isn't doing much good for you if you're basically like living under a bridge, but you're a super talented astral projectionist (laughs) or however you put it. Like if you're life has been basically destroyed by your interest in the craft um, and you don't have somewhere to live. You can't feed yourself, but, oh, you can do great spells. Like you're super talented with witchcraft. It's like, that's not the point of it. So I feel similarly with kink. I think in a similar way, there are a lot of lessons that you learn within and through BDSM that can definitely be applied outside of it but frankly you should have other hobbies you should have other interests uh it's it's also kind of like if you get into a relationship and suddenly you don't talk to any of your friends you stop doing everything else you just obsess over that one person and like it's great to have someone that interests you um i would hope that you're you know heavily interested in the person you're with but Frankly, I would probably shoot myself if the person that I was with, like, dropped all their friends, dropped all their hobbies, and wanted to make their entire life about me. I would question their sanity, and that would not even be pleasant for me. So I really want to reconsider this sort of model of obsession and being a caricature of something as how we prove to each other that we are... Valuable voices on a certain topic. Uh, the internet has this effect of making us perform, essentially, so that we can be recognized. And I am deeply not interested in doing that. And there's already people who are starting to notice that that's a problem and that it's not even true. Because, like I said, it's very easy to fake something and fake the aesthetics of something without having the actual knowledge. And the life experience to back it up. So for me personally, um, I'm gonna be focusing on my real life. I'm gonna not focus on looking any certain way online. And if I am gonna be associated with something, I want it to be magic, I want it to be the craft because that's really more the focus of my life. BDSM When I have decided to teach on it, it's been kink as ritual, kink within witchcraft. That's when I've decided to speak up on it because that's what I'm really passionate about and more what I want to devote myself to. And I think that, I've said this before, I choose to speak up when I notice that it's a topic that hasn't been very well covered. And that's how I sort of feel about uh, ritual and BDSM and those things coming together even though there are definitely some other people who are onto something with that and have something to say with it. So I get that this rant today was a bit more personal than I usually do and maybe a bit just ranty than I usually do, but I wanted to bring this up because it's not that I owe anyone an explanation. It's I want to be very upfront about what I'm doing since I've been so public about just the kink aspect with my life. I also want to be very direct and upfront about what taking a step back from it means. So, I might consider sessions occasionally. It's really never been something that's been a huge priority for me. Um, but yeah, I'm really just happy about not <laughs> making trade-offs with what I want in my life anymore. So, I really just encourage that with all of you is to know what you want to prioritize, know what really matters to you. What is your calling that you're happy with it being at the center of your life? If that is kink, then God bless you. Like if that is being some kind of kinky educator, we need that. Just give yourself time to take care of yourself and to be a complete human being. Because the issue with when you devote yourself to something like that too much is you For me personally, at least, I felt like at times I was treated just like this two-dimensional object. Even if I'm the one holding the whip, you still get seen as this novelty by so many people. So I appreciate my relationships and my connections with people who either were or still are in that industry in whatever way because they get it. Like they understand what it is like to go through that and to still hold your virtue and hold your values and what matters to you and to keep what makes you you as a person so uh, <laughs> a lot of food for thought <clears throat> a lot of food for thought today I am not still sick I have some very heavy loose incense going in my room right now it is sight incense from the green man I really ought to ask them without sponsoring me I'm constantly shouting them out but um Speaking of sponsorships, <laughs> I'm still absolutely open to considering any from any of you if you would be interested in my shouting you out on this here Outlaw Preaches, but yeah, I don't think there's too many other updates yet. Um, oh, I am waiting on some exciting photos to come back from a photo shoot that I did recently to put out more details about the class I'll be teaching at Vamachara in Long Island uh, in late October for those of you who will be able to make it to that. And I think that aside, this kind of, this might be where I cap it off for today. If there is anything that any of you would be curious to see my input on or anything that you'd like to see me cover on Outlaw Preaches, I would be more than happy to hear from you and to consider it. So you can do that by emailing me at outlawpriestess at protonmail.com. I don't really like to use DMs on Instagram because I don't check my other folder a lot because there's a lot of just weird, uh, creepy shit in there. And I I don't like to subject myself to that too much. Um, but yeah, either you can send me an email on protonmail or just comment (laughs) on my Instagram whenever I post about this, if that would be simpler for you. So, Thank you all for listening to this, and make sure you put your phone down, stop looking at the screen, get outside, and go do some magic. Much love to you guys. Happy beginning of spooky season, officially. It already started for me in August, but it is officially in full swing now, so enjoy it.